The Old Testament reading for this 11th Sunday after Pentecost is recorded in Isaiah chapter 14, beginning the 12th verse. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Here ends the Old Testament. The epistle reading is recorded in Acts chapter 17, beginning verse 16. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to dispute with him. Some of them asked, What is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, He seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Then they took him and brought him to a meeting of the Areopagus, where they said to him, May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears, and we want to know what they mean. All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. Now what you worship as something unknown I am going to proclaim to you. Here ends the epistle. We stand in honor of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel is written in St. John's Gospel, chapter 7, beginning the 14th verse. Repeat to you, O Lord. Not until halfway through the feast did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. The Jews were amazed and asked, How did this man get such learning without having studied? Jesus answered, My teaching is not my own. It comes from him who sent me. If anyone chooses to do God's will, he will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I am speaking on my own. He who speaks on his own does so to gain honor for himself. But he who works for the honor of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. 
Has not Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me? You are demon-possessed, the crowd answered. Who is trying to kill you? Jesus said to them, I did one miracle, and you were all astonished. Yet because Moses gave you circumcision, though actually it did not come from Moses but from the patriarchs, you circumcise a child on the Sabbath. Now if a child can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing the whole man on the Sabbath? Stop judging by mere appearances and make a right judgment. Here ends the Holy Gospel. Buongiorno. Oh, scusa, scusa. I'm a father of Guido Sarducci. I'm a common youth from Italy to describe the bad guy, Satan, if you will allow me. I think you heard this morning that a Satan actually has a name. It's not devil. It's a not Satan. His name is a Lucifer. These nice acolytes are going to help me. She don't know that. So, when you came into the church area, what were you carrying? Yeah? How about this thing? Ah. You came in with this thing, right? Hold it nice for me. Lucifer means light bearer or light carrier. Uh Uh-oh. I think I'm just in a big trouble. Let's not do that, huh? But anybody who carries a light is a Lucifer. He was a very bright angel. There. I am now going to leave you alone. Grazie. Oh, with this thing lit, I can be a, a, a Lucifer too. Oh, kids, don't do this. You heard in the Old Testament the reading how Lucifer used to be a good guy. He was a, such a bright angel, such a powerful angel. He thought he is a, so close to being like a god, just right next door. All he's got to do is take one little baby step and he could be like God. That wasn't too much. He, in fact, thought that he could be just like a God, and then, in effect, he is a God. That was his downfall. He was so wonderful, so good, so holy, so wonderful, so powerful, so beautiful, if I may use that term. He thought that being a God was just the next step. So, in doing that, Lucifer fell. 
because of his arrogance. He thought that being God meant that nobody's going to tell him what to do. How many of you don't like to be told what to do? Come on, I'm being honest. Everybody. Uh, you husbands, do you sometimes feel about a wife, hey, don't you tell me what to do? And if you, no, don't put your hands up. <laughs> now, being, a, being a, a, an old Roman a priest, I don't have that a problem. <laughs> Although sometimes the nuns tell us what to do. Satan is not a fairy tale. He is a real. He is a very dangerous. In fact, before I came out to here, I prayed to God that uh, Satan wouldn't come and molest me because he doesn't like people making a fun of him. He's a very dangerous guy. Uh, you people know a lot about this Martin Luther guy, yeah? Martin Luther at one time was writing things up in an old castle, and the Satan, he said, appeared to him. And Martin Luther said, I took my ink pot and threw it at the devil, and the devil went away. Now, do you think really the ink pot scared the devil? No. Come on. He could have dodged quicker than that. In fact, in that account, who actually came ahead? Martin Luther, in his arrogance, thought he could shoo the devil away with an ink pot? No, that's not going to happen. Luther also told a story about a fellow who was a very pious and holy in the Middle Ages. And Satan appeared to this man too. Martin Luther said this man was so sure of himself that he could tell the Satan to go away that he didn't even bother to say it to him. He just turned around and Luther said he broke wind at Satan. And Luther said, that man was never seen again. You don't want to fool with old Lucifer. He's a dangerous guy. I'm not going to say or ask, that did any of you ever see a Satan lately? Oh, that's a good sign. So, does that mean he's not around? Any weakness that a person has, you know, like some of the bad habits? Uh, any of you got any bad habits? Come on. I rolled my own. Huh? Satan uses these things against you. Satan's big job is to get you to go away from the Savior, no matter what way he can do that. First of all, can he scare you? Oh, she jumped. If he can scare you, then he is really in charge. Because in being afraid of Satan, you're forgetting who's really in charge, which is Christ himself. Another cute trick that he does is, well, who shall I pick on? What do you want for Christmas? 
Oh, no, he says, not much of anything. That's exactly what you get. <laughs> I'm going to try again here. What do you want for Christmas? An iPad. Oh, and Grandma goes, good job. <laughs> Satan knows exactly what each of us wants. It's not just a nothing at all or an iPad. Maybe you want to become famous and rich and everybody look up to you. Anybody want to be a rock star? How about uh, one of those hockey players? A baseball player? Anything you want, Satan will give it to you. In fact, he sometimes invades the Christian churches with that idea. He likes to give us the notion that if you are really a pious and if you really believe in Jesus, then you're going to get anything, anything at all. So how's that working for you? You got an iPad yet? No. You already got nothing at all? But if he can get you to believe that Jesus is Santa Claus, that he's there to give you whatever you want, not what he wants, but what you want, then Satan has won. Because he has made you like himself. You think the world revolves around the you, and everything should be what you want. When you think of that away, who cares about anybody else? Go jump in a chicken a coop as far as they're concerned. That's Satan working. Ah, but there's a probably more pious of people than that here. Why, look at this. While everybody else is on a vacation and are doing a goofy stuff or uh, getting over a happy party for a wedding or whatever, what are you doing this morning? Why, you're in church. Wow, isn't that impressive? You're in church. You could be out the golfing. You could be out in a boat somewhere. You could be having a fun on vacation. But you're in church. <sighs> oh, very pious you. Satan uses that. If you ever wonder about the, your salvation, you can say to yourself, but I'm in a church every morning. I'm always there. I actually pay attention to the sermon, even if it's said in the broken English. You can say all these things about yourself, and a Satan is the one who is putting that in your ear. If you think you're going to be saved because of what you do, that's Satan's teaching. It doesn't come from Jesus. You see, Lucifer is a very tricky guy. Anything he can do to get you away from Jesus himself, he will do. He will give you things. He will make you feel good about yourself. One thing he doesn't like is right there. How many of you kneel when you say your prayers? Or do you just fall asleep in your bed because it's comfortable? 
People from a way back, they would kneel when they prayed, and their knees would hurt. It has to do with repentance. All of Christian life should be connected with repentance. Let's see. This baptismal group, they're so nice. It's so, so easy to pick on. So, I'm going to pick on one of the God parents. Yes or no? Are you a, a dirty or rotten sinner? He said probably. No, 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 no. Are you or are you not? Yeah, he said yes. Did you hear that? Primo, primo, bueno. Yeah. Every single one of us is a dirty, rotten a sinner. How's that said it with you? You mean even a Father Guido? Yeah. Who is the most dirty, rotten a sinner ever? Eh, that's a tricky question. I'm going up close here. I'm supposedly giving you a hint. Who is the most dirty or rotten sinner ever? I'm getting closer. When a Jesus goes on the cross, he takes upon the world of sin, all of it from the beginning to the end. All of yours, all of the world's, from beginning to end. And he becomes sin on our behalf. Sin is there. He becomes the most despicable, most sinful, dirty, rotten sinner in the world. And he willingly becomes that to finally take away our sins. And when that's done, Satan has no power over you anymore. Now, are you going to still sin? Be honest. You're going to still a sin? Oh. Are you going to still a sin? Yeah, you're going to sin. So is the godparent there. But that's not supposed to let Satan get you. You may be a sinner, but you know what the most dirty, rotten sinner is. It is Jesus who does it for you. Only there do you see now you've been set free from Lucifer. As that old intro had said, you now crush Satan underfoot by believing in what Jesus does for you. Otherwise, you are no going to make it. It's a hopeless for you. It's a game over already. It's only in the dirty, rotten sinner on the cross that you find your freedom. Okay, well, I think it's probably time I go. I got a catch of plane, uh, Air Italia, you know, and they're notoriously on time. I know they're not. So, arrivederci. Si, grazie. Buongiorno. Ciao. Very good. Okay. Okay. Um, the beautiful Lucifer is now going to take you offering. How about that? Okay? You know I'm a kidding.